It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day six, what is the value of having a code of conduct? In the early days of compliance, a code of conduct tended to be a lawyer-written and lawyer-driven document to wave in a regulator's face during an enforcement action of as proof of ethical behavior. Is such a legalistic code effective? Is a code of conduct more than simply your company's internal law? What should be the goal in the creation of your company's code of conduct? How important is a code of conduct? Consider the 2016 SEC enforcement action involving United Airlines, which turned on a violation of the company's code of conduct. The breach of the code of conduct was determined to be an FCPA internal controls violation. It involved a clear quid pro quo benefit paid out by United to David Sampson, the former chairman of the board of directors of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, the public government entity which has has power over, among other things, United's operations at the company's huge East Coast hub at Newark, New Jersey. The actions of former CEO Jeff Smizek and personally approving the benefit granted to favor Sampson violated the company's internal controls around gifts to government officials by failing to not only follow the United Code of Conduct, but also in violating it. The $2.4 million civil penalty leveled on United was in addition to its 2016 non-prosecution agreement settlement with the Department of Justice, which resulted in a penalty of $2.25 million. The scandal also cost the resignation of Smizek and two high-level executives from United. In the 2012 FCPA guidance, it stated, A company's code of conduct is often the foundation upon which an effective compliance program is built. The DOJ has repeatedly noted the most effective codes are clear, concise, and accessible to all employees and to those conducting business on a company's behalf. In the 2019 guidance, the DOJ further specified, as a threshold matter, prosecutors should examine whether a company has a code of conduct that sets forth, among other things, the company's commitment to full compliance with relevant federal laws that is accessible and applicable to all company employees. The DOJ Antitrust Division guidance also specified, quote, if the company has a code of conduct, are antitrust policies and principles included in the document, end quote. The 2012 guidance, the 2019 guidance, and the antitrust guidance go on to make clear that it is difficult to effectively implement a compliance program if it is not available in a local language so that employees and foreign subsidiaries can assess, access, and understand it. When assessing a compliance program, the DOJ and SEC will review whether the company has taken steps to make certain that the code of conduct remains current and effective and whether a company has periodically reviewed and updated its code. There are several purposes which should be communicated in your code of conduct. The overriding goal is for all employees to follow what is required of them under the code of conduct. You can do this by communicating those requirements to providing a process for proper decision-making and then requiring that all persons subject to the code of conduct put these standards into their everyday business practice. Such actions are some of your best evidence that your company upholds and supports doing business in compliance. The substance of your code of conduct should be tailored to your company's culture, to its industry, and to its corporate identity. 
It should provide a mechanism by which employees who are trying to do the right thing in compliance and business ethics can do so. The code of conduct should be used as a basis for an employee review and evaluation. It should certainly be invoked if there is a violation. Your company's disciplinary procedures must be stated in the code. These would include all forms of discipline up to and including dismissal for serious violations of the code. Further, your company's code should emphasize that it will comply with all applicable laws and regulations wherever it does business. The code needs to be written in plain English and translated into other languages so that it can be made applicable to all persons and they can understand it. The three most important things about your compliance program are, of course, document, document, document. The same is true in communicating your company's code of conduct. You need to do more than simply put it on the website and tell folks it is there, available, and that they should read it. You need to document that all employees or anyone else that your code of conduct is applicable to has received, read, and understands it. The DOJ expects each company to begin its compliance program with a very publicly announced, very robust code of conduct rollout. If your company does not have a code of conduct, you need to implement one forthwith. Your code of conduct is not a static document to be put on the shelf and never reviewed again. For just as your compliance program is a living entity, your code of conduct should be constantly evolving as well. If your company has not reviewed or assessed your code of conduct for five years, you should do so in short order as much has changed in the compliance and business world during that time. Some of the questions you should ask begin with, when was the last time your code of conduct was released or revised? Have there been changes to your company's business model since the last revision or implementation? Have there been changes to relevant laws relating to a topic covered in your company's code of conduct? Are any of the code of conduct provisions outdated? And what is the budget to revise your code of conduct? After revision of code of conduct, you should develop a plan to communicate the revised document. A rollout is always critical because it is important that revisions are communicated in a manner that encourages employees to review and use it going forward. The company should use a full panoply of tools available to it to publicize the revised code of conduct. This can include a multimedia approach or physically handing out the code to employees at a designated time. You might consider having a company-wide code of conduct meeting where the new document is rolled out all in one day. And also remember, with all things compliance, the three most important aspects are document, document, document. These points are useful as a guide, not only to thinking through how to determine if your code of conduct needs updating, but also the practical steps in how to tackle the problem. It is far better to update your code of conduct than wait for a massive FCPA investigation to go through the process. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, every formulation of a best practices compliance program starts with a written code of conduct. Number two, The substance of your code of conduct should be tailored to your company's culture, it's to its industry and corporate identity. And number three, always remember your code of conduct acts as an internal control, so document, document, document your training and communication efforts. Hope you've enjoyed day six of 31 days to a more effective compliance program, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day seven. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow and I take up another strategy, tactic, or pointer that you can use in your compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>